You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 393. I am Tim Robertson, and hey, it's my good friend David Cohen. Hello, good friend David Cohen. Uh, hello, good friend Tim Robertson. How are you? <laughs> Not too far. We'll see each other in person. I'm, I, you know what? I'm really starting to look forward to it. Alexander is extremely excited as well. He keeps asking me about all the things that he wants to do. You think uh, um, we ought to take uh, the kids to uh, Galloping Ghost? Oh, he he he's already expecting me to yeah. take him. So right. yeah, we should definitely do that. We're in for Galloping Ghost. <laughs> so hey, we'll have to do that the Friday. Yeah, that's fine. We're we're gonna have a car, so we can meet you there. That would be awesome. So yeah, kind of a big week for me. I'll be honest with you. Oh, I think so. I think uh, we we're getting into that that time of the uh, like leading into the summer now, when kind of the big summer blockbuster season starts for all the things that we you know we we uh, geeks like you know the movies, the uh, TV shows start being announced, yeah. the uh, video games come yeah. out, um, and you also you often get a chance to kind of spend some time with some of the tech announcements from earlier on the year as well. So um, it's all good stuff. Well, to, let's start off with saying we've already had when it comes to the geeky stuff two really good movies come out: Captain Marvel and the uh, animated Spider-Man movie, which I got to say the animated Spider-Man movie is still my favorite of all the geeky stuff so far this year. It's just so good. Definitely. Um, We got uh, Avengers coming up in just a couple weeks and I am very geeked for that movie. It looks fantastic. I think they're giving away a little bit too much in the trailers though. Uh, Mm -hmm. Every, Oh, it's a new TV spot and there's new footage. You know what? Two, three trailers tops, and let's call it at that. People, stop. You can't because because they stake they stoked all the anticipation by basically ending the last move on a cliffhanger. So, you know, you don't. It's it's. I guess they they their marketing strategy will to make sure everybody's aware it comes out. Well, they're you saying they want, right now it's tracking to be the biggest opening of all time. Well, that's what they want, of, of course, course, because now it's not about pure financial success it's about having that big opening weekend so that you can go to variety on monday and say we had the biggest opening weekend of all time so that's what the marketing dollars is aimed yeah. at um you know but it's kind of hollywood willy waving really yeah and let's be honest you know, you know they've they've built up this movie over 10 years now from the very first yeah. appearance of nick fury at the end of iron man till now i mean and let's be honest this is not the end of the avengers or anything there's going to be no, many well, more no. coming yeah. But it may be the end of this core group of characters. Um, yeah, I think so. I think I think that definitely the intimation we're getting is they're going to bring new characters forward, and a lot of these guys are going to kind of either fade to the background story-wise, if if not uh, in terms of continuity, in terms of being killed off. So, I, I, whatever it is, I'm I'm in. They they they're yeah, going to get I'm, my money. They 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 have a good track record, and um, so you know, like all things, they will have good bits and bad bits i expect but uh at the moment yeah i'm kind of stoked to see where it i goes. was probably the most excited for the avengers movie for this year to be honest for a long time until two days ago <laughs> and now all of a sudden even though i'm really geeked for uh this avengers movie the new trailer for the new star wars movie dropped the rise of skywalker just the name alone gives me goosebumps as, as a long time star wars fan yeah um, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. But the trailer... A lot of questions. Didn't, didn't this trailer kind of remind you of The Force Awakens? Like, this is definitely J.J. Abrams. 
Oh, oh, absolutely. The change in tone was was really quite remarkable yeah. in in what came over is that you know you can tell this a guy knows a pull off the epic stuff, yep. and you know as as long term listeners of the show will know that while we enjoyed the last movie, um, there were some pretty major kind of. I wouldn't say there was well there was there was plot holes but there's always plot holes there was plot holes in the Force Awakens as well but um, there were some quite log- quite weird logical decisions that were made yes. in, the, in the last movie that kind of didn't make a lot of sense um, and still don't make a lot of sense to me you know I mean ultimately it comes down to Luke Skywalker kind of knew by walking away that he was going to create this great big crisis. And sure enough, it did. And when Ray turns up and tells him that he's created this great big crisis, he's kind of, well, what do you want me to do about it? And then he does do something about it. But again, you know, one, it was, don't get me wrong, it was an extremely cool gesture. And it really kind of summed his arc up very well. You, you, afterwards, you you think about it, you think, well, yeah, OK, so he went out in a big bang, but maybe he would have been more helpful if he stuck around for a bit. Yeah. And now we'll get to see what that looks like in this movie, which is kind of intriguing, but but from a practical level, you kind of thought, well, okay, you can be voicing someone's head, or you can be standing next to them with a lightsaber. Which of those is going to be more useful? And even comes across in this trailer where he goes, well, this is your fight now. <laughs> I'd be going, yeah, well, no thanks to you, you bailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just because you had a bad week once, all of a sudden, we, yeah. the whole galaxy has to figure it out on ourselves. Thanks. Um but I have to say, what this trailer really brings across is, first of all, how Ray has gone from being, you know, she, let's face it, in the first movie she was already a badass, but now she's like a total Jedi badass. Um, and then and then secondly, that you can tell that this is like really epic in scope. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, even though, and it has a callback to... Uh, to the to the Force Awakens trailer where we saw um, a Star Destroyer crashed in the sand. Yeah, this time it's the. Uh, and by the way, that that is the Death Star two. Right. Yeah, so, so that's, that's got to be Endor, shape. and I don't think it's yeah. the moon of Endor. I think it's the planet Endor. Because right. a lot of people okay. f- forget that it's the moon of Endor that happens the in Endor, the yeah. Return of the Jedi. And so, God willing, no Ewoks. Or yeah, if it well, is the moon of Endor, it's just skeletons of Ewoks because of the radiation, well, uh, the yeah, poisoning. And- uh, exactly. A lot of people kind of pointed out after the end of the the, uh, the, the Return of the Jedi that actually exploding a Death Star above a, a populated moon probably wasn't very good for the environment. So maybe they were wrong with that. And actually, it's a devastated sand world as a result of fallout from the Death Star. I know it sounds bad, but that would be cool. <laughs> it would. Uh, I yeah. loved. Maybe maybe they've mutated the Ewoks into Wookies. So we, of course, have been staying up with some of the news. We knew that Lando was going to be in this movie. Yeah. When Cole got home from school that day, I said, "Dude, you got to come here and watch us." He was so geeked to see this trailer. I mean, he was so geeked. And then when they show Lando, he yelled, "Oh my God, was that Lando?" And I said, "Yes." And he went. Yes, and he threw his hands up in the air, and I thought, "This is a seventy-five-year-old actor that my son is so geeked about to see in this movie." I bet that was the same reaction that uh, Billy D. Williams's agent had when he got the script. Oh hell yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like finally I get to make some money off this client again. <laughs> we don't have Colt forty-five liquor anymore, so he's not doing those commercials now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. And let's we we gotta we gotta mention the end of the trailer. 
Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, apparently when the trailer was announced, um, Ian McDiarmid walked out to stage, uh-huh. and he is the guy who plays the Emperor. And um, that was clearly, yeah, for anybody who knows Star Wars, immediately recognised the Emperor's laugh at the end. Um, so, looks like uh, Yoda and his buddies not the only ones who've got the hang of the Force Ghost trick. Or maybe he never died. I mean, you never see his yeah. body or anything. Vader just yeah, pitches maybe. him down a chute and... Maybe he maybe he uh, he kind of rode down to uh, Endor in the, in the wreckage of the Death Star. Yeah, something, because... I mean, Luca was chucked off a thing once, and he made it. Yeah. Sands a hand, but, you know. <laughs> you got to pay the price, man. That's right. Um, I'm way stoked for this movie. I, I have all the confidence in the world that I, I love The Force Awakens. I think it ranks right up there in the, as some of the very best Star Wars movies. And we've ranked them in the past, but uh, it, it just there's something about his laugh at the end of it that just stood my hair my the hairs on my arm on edge just yeah and cole's eyes got wide oh is that the emperor no way i loved it yeah i I loved his uh 12 year old exuberance for this movie coming up you know it's i think it's gonna be fantastic um so this kind of leads us into the other big news for the week and that is uh, Disney finally, finally came out with concrete actual news. Apple, please pay attention. Um, about Disney Plus. Now, we've known that Disney was going to be releasing their streaming service for a while now. And we even knew it was going to be called Disney Plus. But this was the week that Disney actually came out and gave us pricing and shows and showed off the uh, initial UI. And, um, wow, I, this is going to be basically, they, yeah, they did, as you say, they did everything we were kind of expecting Apple to do a few weeks yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, $6.99, seven bucks a month. Uh, I, you, I mean, that is to uh, me, you know what they could have done? They could have done a third of the content and they still would have had my money at that oh, point. Absolutely. Because, because of that is the perfect price to pitch oh, this. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's you don't. You don't go head-to-head with the price of Netflix and the other services. You say, no, this is cheaper because we want your eyeballs. you got to remember, yeah. unlike Apple, who I still don't know what the hell their stuff is. I, I have no clue. Uh, and yeah. I'm not even the least bit excited about whatever Apple TV, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I could care less. And I, I'm an Apple guy, and I could care less well, because they because just – because- Go ahead. It's yeah. Well, I was going to say it's like computing. It's like games, consoles, like anything else. It's all about the content. Yeah. You've got to give us the content. If you don't give us that, then you have nothing. Or at the very least, give us actual concrete plans on what's coming to get us to build yeah. that excitement. Tell us pricing. Tell yeah. us what's going to be on it. Is, are you partnering up with other content providers? Is this just a portal for stuff like Netflix and Disney Plus? I don't know. How, is there a cost associated with it? Can you get a bundle with, say, I don't know, uh, Apple Music? Mm. Is it going to be affordable? I doubt it. I don't think Apple's going to come close to this. I think they're going to be more expensive than Netflix. Yeah. So, Apple, pay attention. Disney knows how to do it. And they just, yeah. I they dropped the mic. $6.99 yeah. or what, 70 bucks a year? Yeah. Why would you ever pay $6.99? You're getting two months for free if you just pay it for 
for the whole year. I am. They've already got my money. There's no question about well, it. Well, let's face it. The, the, the massive advantage Disney has is their huge portfolio. Well, there you go. That's the whole thing right there, isn't it? <laughs> they've got they've got the uh, they've got the kids market. So, they've got the teens market. So look, they've, they've got, got the geeks market. Yeah. They've got the uh, they've you know, got it they've all. Got, they've got yeah. They've got a vault of movies, Disney movies, that I don't think anybody can say. <laughs> doesn't live up to expectations these are some of the best movies ever made for kids right yeah. no question everything from mary poppins to cinderella to bambi i mean these are they're yeah. just brilliant movies it, flight of the navigator the black hole yeah, I, oh my god Cat, the black Cats hole from space yeah <laughs> you know what? They've, they've got I, some I, bad ones I, in there let's be honest I, yeah I, i'm 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 teasing because, yes. of course, you know, yeah, they, they they've had some stinkers as well, but ultimately, the, the Disney you know, they movies have, they have, have been great. All of the best, all of the best kids' movies ever made, yep. mostly sit in the Disney state. Now, then we turn to yeah. the Disney cartoons. They've yeah. got decades worth of cartoons. I mean, Ducktales alone is really good. It's probably the worst earworm in a good way and a bad way that you'll ever hear. Have you ever heard the theme to Ducktales? Yeah. Oh my God! Please don't, please don't remind me no, of it. No, it it will get you, it's an earworm. Uh, and the um, the uh, you know they've got other stuff as well. They have got the Animaniacs. Yep. Yeah, which was huge back. Oh in the yeah, day. Animaniac. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. And and the, this is the thing is not only do they have stuff that people recognize nowadays, they've got this archive stuff that a lot of people have forgotten about. And think about you if yeah. you've got kids and you get this Disney Plus, all of a sudden all of these this old content that we know about that. Like Cole has no idea what some of the stuff is, and he's going to yeah. fall in love with this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And remember, let's not forget, David. Sony is, or not Sony, Fox is owned by exactly. Disney, so they're going to have access think, yeah. to all of those cartoons and all of those 20, kids' stuff. Oh. Twenty-five years of The Simpsons. Oh my God! It, it, this is <laughs> this is already just a gigantic. And then yeah. Pixar. All yeah. the Pixar content is going to be up there. So when it comes out of theaters and it's coming to the streaming service, guess which one you're only going to be able to watch it on? Yep. And by the way, only seven bucks a month. I mean, it's nothing. So and that, that yeah, and that's before you you even start looking at. Well, like, they also have Marvel. Oh, what else do they got? All the Marvel, Marvel stuff. They have a- and it's not just <laughs> like oh, if you want to watch these Marvel movies for the last ten years, they're all going to be on Disney Plus. Um, oh, oh, by the way, we're going to create new content in this universe. They announced a Vision Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, they announced terrible, terrible name though. I agree. WandaVision. Yeah, they 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 might change it. Uh, well, we'll see what I mean. You know, One Division makes it sound like it's going to be some sort of dra- drama comedy. Yeah, um, which <laughs> kind of sounds a little bit weird, but could work. Let's see what happens. Could Let's work. See what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Winter Falcon and so and. Um, <laughs> Winter Falcon. You, you, yep. you came up with a better name already. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like it's going to be good. And and only from the couple little snippets in um, Civil War, when when they're both webbed yeah. down because Spider Man's webbed them to the floor, and yeah. the guy says, "I hate you," or or yeah. like he's sitting in the back seat. Could you move your seat forward? No. <laughs> Just that, exactly, just those yeah. cu- couple little things like there. You're like, they're the- not only that. The thing is, is that Disney has the beef to get the real actors, yes. the real movie actors, yes. to do these TV yeah, shows. Well, they said Disney yeah. is prepared to lose money on this service for the next five years, and nobody's got a war chest of money sitting in the bank like Disney. 
Well, Apple has, but whether they would spend it on their content or not is another is another matter. Well, they got to start from scratch. Yeah. So I'm going to be a beta tester for Apple stuff and hope that they have some good content for the first how long. Well, you know what? It, it, the the problem is you've got you've got the you've got the inbuilt knowledge from these properties, mm-hmm. and um, you know even if you even if you do some that stink, yeah, the chances are you're going to for a start you're going to bring people to watch those shows. Um, right from the off, just because of, of, of what's in them. Yep. You know, and, and uh, what else have they got? Let's see. They, Star got Wars. they got Star Wars. Good Lord. <laughs> so here here comes Star Wars. Star Wars is going to be on the streaming service. And, oh, by the way, did you like Clone Wars, which everyone's freaking out that they're finally going to wrap up the series after five yeah. years? Well, guess where the only place you're going to be able to see that at? Yeah. That alone, just that they're going to have the final season of Clone Wars on there, that's six bucks right there, or seven bucks right there. Yeah. I pay for that. And and then they've got The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which is going to be a new live-action TV And it's created series. by the guy who started the Marvel Universe of movies, yeah. John Favreau. Yeah. So you know that is probably going to be pretty good. Oh, oh and then what they're going to do, they're going to take one of the kind of sleeper hits of the Star Wars universe, Rogue One, and they're going to take two of the best characters out of that. They're going to do a prequel series about them too, again with the original movie actors, it's, including including one of the uh, one of the hottest actors in, in the world today. Yes, absolutely. It's you know, un- Diego, what's his name? Diego, not Diego Garcia, because that's the news. But anyway, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 very much hot property, and he's doing this show. It's unbelievable, man. It's just Disney. It, it hasn't even launched yet, and they've already got my money. This is November fifteenth. Yep. It can't get here fast enough for me, although it can because this was a bad winter, and I yeah. don't need winter. That As I say, they could have just done something with just archive. Uh, Diego Luna, yeah, is, is the guy's name. Yeah, um, they could have done just archive stuff, no new material, and for seven dollars a month, you'd have gone. I'm there. Yep. But the fact they're doing new stuff as well, um, I presume that a lot of the Marvel series that left Netflix, yep. like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, all of those sort of things, will migrate over to Disney Plus in some form or another. They're probably going to re- recon the characters and reboot them, and I'm fine with that. I the only one I'm really depressed about, a little, little bit Jessica Jones, because I, I really like that actress. I think she did a fantastic job in the role, and we've still got oh, the last oh. season of that coming. And may, maybe maybe that one will move over. Well, uh, well, is, but, yeah. but Daredevil has been yeah. so good. I think of all the Marvel properties that are on TV, and I count Netflix as TV here, Daredevil yeah. has been the best. I mean, the yeah. action sequences, the characters... Uh, Kingpin is one of the greatest villains of all time from that series. When, yeah, well, the, the yeah the way he's played in that series well, is because you because know, it, it's very hard to do Kingpin. Yes, <laughs> because because you know he's very much a comic book character. He's like a small head on a giant body, um, and yet uh, Vincent D'Onofrio just absolutely pulled it off. I mean the the way he he brought across the intelligence, the, the cunning. Um, the, the cunning, the the self righteousness, but also the incredible malevolence of that character. The power is just stunning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it was it yeah. was a brilliant, brilliant character. But you know, we, to to be fair to Netflix, we really have to give Netflix some credit here because they proved that these cartoon comic series could work on TV. Yes. Yeah, and they took a, they took a risk with that. Let's face it. With, without Netflix, this Disney Plus thing would not exist. Oh, no question. Yeah. And this this whole love fest that we're giving Disney Plus isn't meant to yeah. uh, degrade or put down Netflix at all. I think the pricing is uh, too high, but yeah. uh, hey, yeah, well, we're they, huge they, Netflix they, fans as well. 
Yeah, they've been in the market much longer, so the pricing has gone up over time. But you know what? I still get enough value out of Netflix. I'm not looking to cancel my Netflix subscription. My wife has just binge-watched, and I've watched quite a lot of them, of Orange is the New Black. And I tell you, that's an amazing show. It is. I started the last season. I got one episode in, and I just haven't gone back to it yet. I'm going to eventually, but I don't know. You got to yeah. be in a certain mindset for that show. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think to be honest, with you, it's it's one of those binge shows. But it, you want to yeah. find out. But you want to find out what happens. But characters. it's depressing, you know. It's just like, it, well, it, it, yeah, it is. It is. But um, that's why I'm sure at some point it will end. But uh, watching it all in one go and watching the the, the way these characters and the clever way they kind of brought in all these other characters and fleshed them out with the backstories yep. and all of that, I think it's been really. I'm just really good. I'm just waiting yeah. for Voyager to show up. With Tupac and being Janeway out of there because that poor lady. <laughs> I tell you, it's a very different character from Janeway. Oh my gosh. In, uh... Kate Mulgrew is just awesome. She is, yeah, yeah. In fact, when it first when oh, when I uh, when it first, when she first came into that, I said to Leanne, I said, um, I said, I made that joke, and she said, "What are you talking about?" She didn't even recognize her because she was so different. Oh, yeah. I said, "That's, that's Captain Janeway." Yeah. <laughs> she went, yeah. The, the Russian accent is really bad, but it works. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? Those are the only two streaming services that I see myself paying for. Now, I also get the HBO stuff because yeah. I have that as a subscription as part of my... Uh, and, yeah. yeah, and you get Amazon Prime. And You have Amazon Prime. But here's well, the so. thing with Amazon Prime. It was a two-man fight between Netflix and Amazon, right? I yeah. never considered a fight. Amazon has almost nothing. Their original content is, what, a new series once a month, Tops? Now, they have some good stuff. Yeah. I really like uh, Bosch. I don't know if you've watched that series. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. I really, really like it. It's a good yeah. cop series. It really is. I enjoy it. And I, I'm not a big cop series type of person, but it's. I like the character a lot. The first season is still by far the best, but it, it's a good series. And they've got a new one coming out within a couple of weeks, I think. And I'll binge watch that. I'm in. Uh, here's a sleeper hit. Maybe you haven't watched it, but it's been fantastic. I love every minute of it, and it's the tick. Uh, yeah, you know, I watched the pilot. I never got into the never got into starting watching the main series. Oh my god, it's so good. It yeah. is just great. I, I I should I should really watch it because that is very much in my wheelhouse. Oh, you'll love it. I mean, it gets yeah. the pilot was good. It gets better over time. Uh, they just wrapped up halfway point in season two because they kind of break the seasons up at half. Yeah. And, oh, it's good. I think it's like 10 episodes, I want to say. And it's like 22 minutes long each. Just so good. I, I, I really, really can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, the Amazing Miss Maisie or whatever the hell that's called. Yeah, Leanne's watched that. And I've watched a few of them as I well. I watched the first, ep- or the first season. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I know I'll it's, get to it. it. It's a well, very well done show. It's very cleverly written, uh, and she's a very appealing character. Um, the kind of the fifties setting really yep. works for it. It's a good show. Yeah, look, they have good shows. They put enough money, and they have the Grand Tour. Uh, yep. I love the Grand Tour. Alexander loves the Grand Tour. Um, Alexander was quite depressed to find out they're not doing the tent anymore. Uh, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> I'm done with the tent stuff. Well, I'm yeah, done with the know, celebrities I, driving around. It's it's so we, boring. Well, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we're we're big fans of Conversation Street. Well, but I like Conversation Street, yes, but I don't like the star in the car. No, and, well, they, and, they didn't and, do the star in the car this year. I know. So well, they, because they Amazon's, well, I don't know what you want to call it, um, tracking show that people were skipping that. 
Yeah. And a lot of people were skipping, you know, the conversation stuff. They just wanted yeah. the events. And I get it. But yeah, and also as well, um, Jeremy Clarkson was on TV last night here in the UK, and he said that he said he frankly said with the studio stuff, he says we're just getting too old for it. Yeah. He says we, you know, it's such a time commitment. Yeah. Um, and he says we, you know, we can we can do the trips and all of that. He says, but doing the studio stuff on top is too hard. But he was really choked up about it because he said he said, look, I never really he said because of what happened with Top Gear, I never got a chance to say goodbye to it. He said one minute I was doing it, the next minute I wasn't. Yeah. And he says, then I went on to do this. He says, so, so this was my kind of my last studio gig in a, for a TV show. And he says he found it very difficult. Well, I don't think you it know. will be. I think he'll be back in some fashion and something like that. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. But the thing is, with the, to, to get to the wider point, Amazon has some good stuff, yep. but it's, it's not a good. It's not seven dollars a month. Worth no, it's not even if close. If you were paying that separately, you know, it's it's great as a bundled service with with everything else that Amazon does, and that's their strategy. So that's probably why, you know, they they're content to sit where they are in terms of the streaming services um but yeah i think uh, i think apple's really gonna have an uphill struggle and their content's gonna have to be mind-blowing to justify uh, to justify whatever they're charging for it unless they bundle it with apple music then maybe it'll you know it'll be there the, the difficulty we'll get we ultimately will have is it cost is part of it but ultimately we're gonna have too much content um, yeah, there are yeah. there are only there are only an, enough out not a certain number of hours in the day, and there are other things that people want to do. And the difficulty you've got with paying for all these services, you've got to make sure that it, the cost benefit to the customer is: Have I got time to sit down and watch this stuff? Well, but you know? yes and no, because you got to remember, not all the content's going to appeal to all the people. So you got to have enough for look all the stuff that we're geeking out about right now. There's probably a quarter to maybe even half the audience listening to this show that doesn't give a crap about any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, yep. well, why didn't you guys talk about the National Geographic stuff coming to Disney Plus? That's a much bigger deal to me. And that's a well, fair point. You know what? That it, it, you know what? That that is a very good point. A lot of people like documentaries, and Netflix has worked very well and very hard on some of their documentaries. Well, they got the whole and, new uh, Planet Earth-like series that's really good. Yeah, but you know some of their other ones have been amazing. I watched the one about the flat earthers yeah, recently. Yep. It was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. So well done. And their comedy um, stuff, their stand-up comedy. It used to be if you wanted to have a stand-up comedy, it was an HBO special, and then it became yeah. a Comedy Central thing. Now it's a Netflix thing. Yeah. So yeah, let's. To me, the only two that I'm going to pay for that I can see so far, Apple. Maybe maybe Apple, let's give Apple a little bit of credit here. Maybe Apple was smart by not announcing pricing or anything or bundles or anything because they wanted to see what Disney was going to do first. If could Disney be. came out at 20 bucks a month, Apple said, great, we could do 20 bucks a yeah. month. If Apple, if Disney comes out with 7 bucks a month, and I don't think anybody expected it. I think everyone thought it's going to probably start around 10 bucks a month. So yeah. Apple was thinking, okay, if, if they're really inexpensive, then our strategy is going to have to be bundle. Hey, yeah. if you get Apple TV, you also get Apple Music or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. that's going to have to be their strategy if they want to even hope to compete. Because it's not like Disney's not launching with anything. It's just a blank service like Apple's. Yeah. They're launching with almost more content. Well, definitely more original content than anybody else. It's not even close. Yeah. And it's super inexpensive. I mean... It, it makes me happy. I'm in a happy place. 
Well, you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have to decide what's, what TV you want to be able to watch. We, we, I mean, we, we've often said we're a golden age of TV, oh, but yeah. we really, truly are. Yeah. You know, you've never, you've never, it's never been easy to watch TV, even if you don't own a physical TV. Um, the quality of the content is available. A lot of the archive stuff and everything is now available for anybody who wants it. You know, I, the other day I, I, um, I had a conversation with my brother, and he mentioned a piece of music that was the theme tune to the original BBC Hitchhiker's Guys of the Galaxy series, mm-hmm. which was made in, what, 1982, right? And I went, oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, I was able, within five minutes of Googling, to find the first episode of the Hitchhiker's Guys of the Galaxy online and watch it. It's amazing. You know, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's an incredible world we live in, you know, from that point of view. I know it's it's not incredible for the world in the grand scheme of things, but for people who like entertainment, it's it's good. Yeah. So there you go. That's our uh, take on Star Wars, Disney, all the all the really good stuff this week. Yep. Let's face it. In today's world, we need a bit of good stuff and happiness. Let, let's go uh, a little bit more into that though, because as science geeks, this was a really yeah. cool week, dude. We actually have. An actual picture, as much as you can get a picture of something that's a not a black hole. This is amazing. This, this is a stunning. I, I, I mean, it got a lot of press, but I don't think um, most people appreciate what a stunning achievement this is. We've yeah. known the existence of black holes, regardless of a ah, Disney's well, bad movie. We've uh, theorized yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is the problem: is we've had a lot of indirect evidence of a black hole. Yep. Of the existence of black holes, but there are also gaps in the in the physics model, and there was always a, a slight worry among people that maybe there was two things. So first of all, that maybe there might be something else that explains the phenomena that appear to be black holes, and secondly, that um, once we actually kind of found the evidence of whatever they are, that actually the the core of physics, which is Einstein's theories of relativity, might be found to have mistakes in and might have errors. Now, that, that would have been exciting for physics. They like new problems, but it would have been a whole load of a different thing. Now, what they found out is not only did they find a way to image a black hole as much as you can because it's black and you can't see it, but secondly, they... Um, we're able to do measurements that prove that, you know, even near a black hole, a lot of the predictions of Einstein's theories stack up. And that's, you know, really good knowledge to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what the um, implications of that may be. But the way they did this, they basically turned the entire surface of the Earth into a telescope, yep. a radio telescope, by taking lots of different clusters of telescopes and pointing them all at the same place and using a lot of intense data processing and uh, calculations to uh, to allow that combination to kind of a bit like a compound eye in a fly yep. to build up an image that was that creates more resolution than you could ever get with a single telescope and and they they used it to image this black hole that's in the center of a galaxy 54 million light years away from us yeah and to be able to see it pretty much directly you can't ever see the black hole because it doesn't emit any light but you can see the kind of gap where it is uh, and the the reason for the images being the way they are is that these black holes are surrounded by light because they put as they pull stuff in the stuff heats up as it spins around the black hole and that gives off energy and then also as well 
black holes, uh, gravity is so amazingly dense that it warps light that passes near the black hole. And so the black holes have a ring around them of light because effectively light rays that come past kind of get concentrated, almost like a lens, a gravity lens, and we can see that. And so you end up with this image of a, a black hole, literally a black circle, surrounded by this ring of light from this distorted light rays. Um... And, and yeah, this is 54 million light years away. One, one way I heard this described was it is the equivalent of using a telescope in New York to read the lettering on the side of a corn, coin being held up by somebody in Los Angeles. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. It, 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 this should be physically impossible. And what's interesting from us as a tech point of view is that they they captured huge amounts of data to do this. Uh, and then they had to process that. This is why these, these measurements were actually taken a couple of years ago. But it's taken this long to basically process the data, produce the data into something that, that's tangible, and then they had to process it again to produce algorithms to actually give you an image, because obviously this is all radio. It's not physical right. light. It's not, not optical light. Um, and so, the, you know, this has been a huge amount of work to do this. And and what I found really interesting is that the the total data volume is five petabytes. Yeah. That came from all these. Most all these people can't realize how, well, how much data that is. Yeah, that well, basically, uh, they said they had half a ton of hard drives yes. to store it all. Yeah, um, yeah, the uh, fi- the equivalent of five thousand years of MP3 files. Yeah, um, or the selfie collection over a lifetime of forty thousand people. And of course, yeah. because it's us, it's humans. Um, the whole bunch of internet trolls. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on, people, really. Uh, a bunch of misogynistic assholes tried yep. to downplay Katie Bowman, who she's kind of the lead on this whole thing. She is. She's the project leader for the imaging, yeah. and she she invented the algorithms that allowed this image yep. to be created. And, and all and these the- male guys, jerk-off men, tried to say, well, she's trying to take credits. Not it's actually this other guy. Well, this other guy... Who had they known if if they would have known he was gay, they probably wouldn't have done this because yeah. these are the kind of people that's like, oh, gay people, you know, those sickening people that yeah. just they got it. Uh, it just makes me sick. It really does. This poor lady, um, but her colleagues came to her defense, rightly so. Well, not, not only that, I saw the interviews with her. I mean, to be play devil's advocate for a minute i think the headlines and the pictures and the kind of the short summaries used because she's like you know a 29 year old uh doctor physics uh, doctor of physics um and that she's not unattractive either i think a lot of the media companies used her to lead the story to bring people in uh, and that leads people who don't you know don't have a lot of critical thinking skills or don't like to read much to assume she was being given all the credit but actually every interview i saw immediately said she said well yeah i was leading the team and i did come up with these algorithms but actually there was a team of 30 or 40 of us and and this was a consensus result and we couldn't have done it no one person in our team could have done this right yeah she said that in every single interview yep. so in no way was she taking the credit yes some of the media stories use her kind of as a shortcut and they like to stick the pretty girl's picture on the front of the story um and obviously the the angle they like to take is look here's here's a woman of science rather than a man of science and i applaud them taking that view but of course when you're a, a game again misogynist troll you don't give a stuff right about exactly yeah 
Uh, so yeah. this is this is just huge, and I do like that this was all over the internet. This picture, I, I yeah. like that science can still capture headlines the way it should. Yeah, the way you and yeah. I would love it if if this kind of thing was reported on the BBC and CNN and all these big things on a on a much more regular basis, rather yeah, than giving attention to stuff that we should just shake a finger at and and. Ugh, I, it's disappointing that that stuff, you know, fifty four million light years away, makes the news, whereas scientific stuff that actually directly affects right. us on the planet is 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 argued over and and dismissed and um, debated and and not acted on. It's kind of that's kind of disappointing, really. Well, but just I, the fact that you say you watch a really great documentary of flat earthers, come on, yeah. really, this is why is this even a thing? Anybody who well, thinks that the Earth is flat. Please stop listening to the show. You're you're well, a complete I, I, moron that you're just you're using up oxygen that could be better used elsewhere. I think you should watch the documentary. I'm not justifying that view at all, but it does give you an insight into people who think like this, how them how their view of the world is, and it, it's it's a little bit more nuanced than people who are just crazy um, or or ignorant. It's a little bit more than that. It's basically it's I think it's it's people who are looking for something because they're kind of a little bit damaged and I, I think there's a lot of people in society like that unfortunately you know mm. what I, I the, just one final point on this story what I really found interesting is they they had to use like a, a global version of SneakerNet to process this data yes. because you can't send five petabytes over the internet um, so effectively it was all gathered together by loading up hard drives putting them in the plane uh, and sending them somewhere, yep. and then and then installing them into big racks. And in fact, one of the telescopes is that. And it, this is ag- amazing again. There is a radio telescope, a big one, at the South Pole, not in Antarctica. It's actually at the South Pole. It is the farthest you can get away from anywhere. They built a massive radio telescope there as part of, for, for, in part for part of this project. Yeah, and this is like a 30, 40 foot dish in the middle of nowhere in the coldest place on the planet. Yeah, it was so cold there that in fact it collected the data and then had to wait six months of the summer months before they can even fly in and pick it up. Right. No. Yeah, and you ain't going to get fibre out there. No, <laughs> so, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too much lag in the satellite internet feed. Yeah, but that's right. But effectively, it was like a big a modern version of SneakerNet. Is you go and pick the data up in person, and then you, uh, you know, the internet. As I said, the internet cannot compete in speed with uh, <laughs> several petabytes of hard drives on the plane. Well, you know what they should have done, David. Quite honestly, especially because that's such a cold place, and let's be honest, it's harsh on technology. You know what they yeah. should have used. What's that? The OWC Envoy Pro EX. Oh, of course. Well, you know, I think the problem is is that great as OWC shipping is, it's really quite expensive to ship to the South Pole. Uh, they could have done that. <laughs> so if you guys are doing kind of in-the-field work where you need to capture data, like, I don't know, video yeah. photography, uh, this is a yeah, really a black, hole. A black hole. 54 million dollars. Yeah. Um, you can get a one terabyte for $679 or two terabyte for $979. Why not just get the two terabyte at that price point? 200 bucks more, you just doubled your storage. This is SSD. This is uh, Thunderbolt 3 performance, so you're going to get 2,800 megabytes per second. So you can be shooting in 4K and capturing it easily. Um, it's rugged. 
This is a hard drive that's just, it looks like you could drop this out of an airplane that's going to survive. Uh, obviously, it's OWC, so you're going to get industry-leading warranty support. Uh, it's got top-rated reviews. The performance and reliability is, quite honestly, is exceptional. If you're looking for some rugged portability and you need it to be fast, I'll put a note in the show notes uh, for the OWC Envoy Pro EX. This is a fantastic product, super fast, and it tied into our conversation with the Black Holes perfectly. Thank you very much. Every now and then I get those uh, great great ones, and I, I can just yep. kind of segue right into it. So thanks, OWC, for sponsoring. Make sure you guys check them out at maxsales.com. Um, <clears throat> got about 20 minutes left here, David. Yeah. So uh, I will say I'm in the midst of watching a movie right now. I'm mm-hmm. three-quarters of the way through. You're going to be surprised, but I think it's actually really good. It's the new Bumblebee uh, movie. It's the Transformers. Well, I, I thought you were going to say Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, that that was you know <laughs> that's my nightly viewing. Um, you know, I hated the Transformer movies. I thought they were rubbish. Well, you know, I like the first. I say probably. Well, I probably like the first one the best of all. The second one was okay, and then it went down from there. The problem is, is that. I can't the, tell one robot from another in those movies. Well, they all look well that, the same. That, is, that is an issue with the style of them, is that when they're fighting, they're very difficult to tell apart. But I thought the first one was cool. I thought the way they kind of realized, again, what was a very cartoony character into real life kind of was, was good. The robots felt like they were real. They were solid. The plot was meh, but then it's Transformers, isn't it? But the thing is, the plots went Well, from but you say it's Transformers, to, so what do you expect? Well, I think Bumblebee shows exactly... What it should have been. Here's the funny thing. If you go way back into the tech fan archives, I I actually explain what I think a a Transformers movie should have been. And that's focusing on one that lands on Earth. And I suggested it was Bumblebee because he doesn't talk. And then it's a movie about discovery. And that's exactly what they did. I don't know where the hell my royalty check is. I am, I, oh, I've got to well, go check my mailbox. Yeah. Cause it sounds like, sounds like you need to get a lawsuit done. I, you, you've got it out there. I, I, it's out so, there. Anybody, if, yeah. if somebody wants to, uh, well, abuse themselves and listen to older episodes of tech fan, you will find that conversation. And it's exactly sounds, what I said. Sounds like you've got a cast on case there. I, I think so. But uh, yeah. here's the thing. That's exactly what this movie is. It takes place in 87. They overuse 80 songs in the first half of the movie. It's like, okay, we get it. It's the 80s. Um, Bumblebee crashes on Earth, and there you go. There's the start of the movie, and there's a couple Decepticons, and okay. I know how this movie's going to end, but here's the part that I wanted to get to. They use the classic cartoon versions as far as appearance of the Transformers. So it's the Optimus Prime you remember from the cartoon. It's also right. the bumblebee that you remember. Um, I love that. Uh, there's a, and they even use the voices from the cartoon. So you remember Shockwave, the guy who had the little yeah. cassette come out? Yeah. They use his voice. It, it was, I liked the Transformer cartoons back in the 80s. I thought they were cool. This is what that was, man. It's really good. I hope that they stay with this and they forget all these other crap, junk, horrible movies that came before. Forget that well, even I, happened. I've, yeah, I've given, I mean, I, I, I gave up. The last Transformers movie. Um, the Knights or, ugh. The, yeah, that, that's the one. I mean, I mean, the plot was becoming so ridiculous 
that um, because effectively every single movie they would then expand on oh well here's something else we never told you about before yeah it just became so overblown yeah and it was it was eye rolling yeah it was just it was just it was impossible to suspend any sort of disbelief so was this did this one have anything to do with michael bay nothing that i'm aware of anyways he might have been an executive producer but you could tell right. he had no hands on this movie at all uh, well well hopefully they stick with that yes. and um and drop drop his view you know um he, he, he yeah. was good with stuff like bad boys but you know michael bay he he's got his place in hollywood i guess but ugh. His 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 take on Transformers is terrible. This is a good movie. Yeah. You want to see a good, family friendly, fun movie? Watch Bumblebee. It's really good, people. It really is. You're going to be surprised. Even if you hate the Transformers, this is a fish out of water kind of movie. It's really good. Um, Wiki trolling. What do you got for us, David? So, uh, kind of in in light of the uh, conversation. We didn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a story in here about um, flights being delayed because uh, the the date in the GPS rolled over and some people hadn't updated their GPS, um, which is, is a kind of a mildly diverting story, but nevertheless. But it, it did bring to mind something else, which was back in the year 2000. We had something that we, it was, in Britain we called it the Millennium Bug. I think in the US you called it the Year 2000 Problem. No, we call it so, Y2K. Y2K, okay. So here it was definitely known as the Millennium Bug. And, and what this was was a concern many people had that when we got to, to the year 2000, a lot of dates that had been hard-coded into particularly older computer systems, but also um, dates coded into systems by people who weren't very forward-thinking programmers, only used two digits. Right. Yeah, because they always assumed it was the 20th century. Uh, and the problem was the problem as depicted was that when these programs became uh, came to the year 2000, the date rolled over, they would go down to zero zero and all of the calendaring would be wrong. And the um, the third apocalypse would be on. Yes, basically there, there was, was so much. We even had movies about this back in the day. I mean, the Y2K thing was, I think we can both agree, was a whole lot of nothing. Because people well, fixed the problem <laughs> before well, it happened. Here is, here is the question is, did people fix the problem or was, in fact, it far less of a problem than actually it was brought to be? I think there was a little bit of uh, Yeah, I was going to say, it, it was a lot of both. Uh, there, was, yeah. there was a huge concerted effort uh, to retroactively go back and fix these systems. And it was a relatively easy fix. They just had to t- change the date profile on a lot of these older still in operations, especially with the DOD and Army and and, um, uh, flight reservations and all that, it it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I think, think, to be honest with you, a lot of the rectification was upgrading systems to newer systems rather than necessarily going back and fixing the bugs. There was very good reasons it was done. The reasons was, back in the 70s and 80s, um, there wasn't a lot of memory in these computers. They weren't very fast. And so processing extra bits for things that never change was just a waste of resources yeah so you know processing a date based on a, on a four digit date when in fact it was always going to be 19 something yep. and also the lifetime this system was never expected to be as long as they actually turned out to be because people are lazy to upgrade well it's um, not just that but it, it, some of these systems that were written were um secure systems that 
when they were deployed, there was nothing put into place about a, a possible replacement. Yeah. And so they just, they just sat there doing their job. Remember a lot of the fears back in the day were, what about these old silos? Yeah. You know, that have these old computer systems and they were antiques even then. I mean, they were, some of these systems were built in the early seventies, these computer systems, there was no way to update them there. Yeah. They physically could not do it. There was no way. And what happens are all the missiles going to launch? Oh my God. You know, so there's a lot of hysteria and it was a yeah. whole lot well, of nothing when it finally, well, happened. I think a lot, a lot of people sold fairly expensive services to uh, mitigate this by basically doing audits and that sort of thing. So people definitely tapped into the the hysteria. And of course, as well, it's another thing that was kind of promoted by the media as a, they wanted something they could hang, you know, the apocalyptic side of year 2000 on, um, rather than it just being, well, just a date change or anything. And of course, you know, the media kind of picked up that there was this risk and talked about it a lot and that amplified it in a lot of people's minds which in some respect was quite good because you could argue that the reason that the why as you said the y, y2k bug was no big deal was because everybody just dealt with it before the year 2000 came around yeah you know but i i knew people who worked for big companies like ibm who said it was going to be a disaster oh i did too so, you know, um, and and they they were convinced. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a couple of people who kind of, you know, took off for the hills with cans of food and uh, rifles. I, I remember thought, getting. They thought the end of civilization yeah, was coming. I remember getting quite a bit of feedback because remember, my Mac was publishing at that point in '99. We started in '94. Um, I remember some feedback from uh, readers because there was no listeners uh, saying that. You know, well, this is going to be a problem, and this is why. And others saying, "No, this is a whole lot of nothing." Uh, I work in the industry, and we took care of this problem years ago. Uh, the media's got it wrong. I, I heard all of that stuff, and I I never really believed it was going to be an issue. I really didn't. But that being said, David, let's be honest. When it turned two thousand, I bet you jumped online to see if there was anything going on. I did. I'm trying to remember what I did. I don't think I did, to be honest. I did. I was like, well, it's the millennium now. Um, satellite's going to fall out of the air. What's going on? We had we had people around, um, and so we watched the countdown. Now, the thing the thing is, obviously, here in the UK, I mean, the because um, people like Australia go through the millennium first yep. or go through the new year first you i i kind of thought if the, if anything was going to go wrong we'd start hearing about it before it actually before the new year got to us um and uh yeah we had the we had the 24-hour tv on your know, sky news or something and and you know i think i went to bed thinking well there's no major problem um and i kind of forgot about it there um funny enough i'm looking at the list here in the wikipedia article about um the things that happened um not uh, there's a couple of minor things that sound like they could have been serious but but they weren't you know radiation monitoring equipment failed in japan um an alarm sounded at nu a nuclear power plant at two minutes after midnight but the thing is with those things in isolation probably don't concern you because you recognize there's nothing else going on well maybe if so, maybe if the nuclear warning goes off you might that might wake you up a little bit with a little uh, bit well, they, of they're kind of. They, I, I, I think these. You know, I think the Japanese are kind of relaxed about these sort of things. I think they deal with them. You know, um, there was errors in a Japanese telecommunications carrier 
in the data management. They fixed it within two hours. Um, there's a lot of Japanese stuff here, really. Uh, NTT Mobile reported that some models, old models of telephone, mobile telephones were deleting new messages rather than the older messages as their machine memory filled up. Some bus ticket machines stopped working in Australia. Some in the United casino. Kingdom and Sheffield, yeah. uh, incorrect res- risk assessments for Down syndrome were sent to 154 pregnant women, and two abortions were carried out as a direct result of the Y2K bug. Well, I guess that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, wow, that that's kind of a big deal if you were one of those in that family. I mean, yeah, you had an abortion because, wow, that would be pretty devastating. Yeah. I mean, if that, if that happened today, it would be all over the news. It would. Um, and as horrible as it is, though, that there's not like end of the world apocalypse stuff, though, is it? No, but still. No. Yeah. Um, um, so it was so, a whole lot of nothing. It really was. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. So, so here we are again. These kind of things. I think what Y2K really kind of taught us is that humans are pretty good about adapting and changing and, and correcting mistakes. And that while this was a real thing, it became a nothing because we took care of the problem. We're pretty but good at that. We are, but I think I think the problem this does also illustrate is that without a big fuss or, or a perceived threat, we're very good at ignoring a problem yeah. until the very last minute. Yep. Um, and sometimes um, adapting at the very last minute is not the best way of doing no. things. Uh, and it has consequences. So uh, I guess that that tells us something, but I don't think it's a lesson that, that as, an in, as, a, as a planet we've really learned yet. I agreed. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode before uh, we make a big mistake and don't have time to correct it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, some people would argue that this whole podcast is just one series of weekly mistakes. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of goes without saying, I would think. Uh, David, I'll see you next week. See you then. Ha, 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 ha.